Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help support the show, please tap the link in this episode's description if you're using the Anchor application or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. So first up in some news, a fair amount of it actually, the first thing that I wanted to cover was kind of Google's messaging strategy and notably how the messaging application Allo is now being sunsetted or soon to become defunct. And the reason being is that a while back they did announce this, but it wasn't entirely clear when this was going to happen. But it has now been confirmed uh, by Google and kind of an explanation of their further strategy, which is really around the messaging app itself that they have kind of the core SMS messaging app. And due to RCS, which we've talked about in the past, and that's that interoperable standard for rich communication services and messaging between SMS applications on different networks, they don't see much value in keeping Allo around. It's a bummer for me because uh, the wife and I use that quite a bit as our preferred messaging app, uh, so now we have to kind of find a different one, but it is of interest in kind of seeing where they're going with it. Kind of next up is the big news that Microsoft is officially ditching the Edge uh, browser in terms of their internal Edge rendering engine. It's actually going to be switching to Chromium, which is the open source version of the Chrome uh, rendering engine that powers the Google Chrome browser and other various uh, uh, browsers out there. But for Microsoft to actually change this, it's a big change and something that was not expected at all. So this will be interesting to see where it goes. And I do talk about browser and browser choice a little bit later on in the episode, but I I will be very curious to see how this actually plays out. I don't expect this to happen anytime soon because they've got a lot of re-architecting to do, but it's a big change. WordPress released an official AMP plugin. And if you don't recall what AMP is, it's the Google-sponsored format for accelerated mobile pages. And what that is is kind of a stripped-down HTML, CSS, JS version of a page that is supposed to be a lot quicker and kind of without all the fluff that typically surrounds a page. It's meant to make browsing um, various things on your mobile device a lot quicker. Uh, There's been a lot of controversy over the years around AMP, whether it's a good or a bad idea, what the intention is behind with Google, but nonetheless, it continues to kind of move on and be available out there. So uh, this WordPress plugin is going to further support that and enable you to amplify your blog or your site, if you will. And some of the things it's going to do is not create a duplicate AMP version of the site so you can serve up the same content all within without like having essentially a ghost site of it. Uh, It's also just got a ton of little helpers to make sure the content presented is pretty close to what your site actually shows. PHP 7.3 is a big release that has come out. It's not as big as 7.0 or 7.2 I think but um, it does have a bunch of performance enhancements. 
some developer uh, interest is a flexible here doc and now doc syntax, which means you're not beholden to having to put your here doc syntax flush against uh, without any indentation. So it's kind of cool it can do that. They've also got a bunch of MB string improvements, and that's that multi-byte strings that enables you to support uh, various UTF uh, versions and things, but lots of case conversions and performance improvements in that. That I'm interested in because I think you can, the better support you have for it and the uh, better able you can to avoid all those UTF issues that seem to crop up, all the better for everyone. Google Flutter 1.0 was officially released. So if you don't know what Flutter is, it's an open source toolkit for producing Android and iOS applications with kind of a fast native rendering engine and flexible view creation. And it's really meant for um, kind of having this generalized quick framework that everyone can go. And it is built on Dart, which is the um, JavaScript kind of engine that uh, Google has also built, and it enables you to kind of rent or uh, convert or render down uh, everything into kind of this generalized language that's supported on a bunch of different things, and it's supposed to be very quick. You know, I haven't tried it myself, but big news if you're kind of in that world and using those types of things. And a little kind of bit news uh, if you ever used uh, CMB2, uh, it is a way to create uh, kind of option pages or extra uh, meta blocks within WordPress. They've released a 2.5.0 update and the big thing in it, something I've been waiting for for a long time, which is you can have repeating blocks that are now drag sortable. And so I have a bunch of use cases for that that I've needed over the years and it's always been rather difficult. So having that's pretty cool. And then there is a WCAG 2.1 update, and this is for accessibility uh, news, really. Uh, it's a huge update to kind of clarify a bunch of positions, what you should be focusing on to really have an accessible site, but better support multiple orientations, autocomplete support in most input fields, use ARIA landmarks to identify different page regions, make sure all contents use about 320 pixels, contrast ratio, and a ton more. So it's a huge update, and it will take everyone quite a while to fully digest and implement, but I highly recommend reading through it and kind of figuring out where do we go with this and how do we further the cause of making sure everything we're doing is as accessible as we can. It's an ever-changing target, and it is hard to do, but it's well worth the effort. WordPress 5.0 is finally released. So I saved the this big news for last. Uh, obviously, if you have a WordPress site, you will have somewhat been up to date on this as they've been certainly hyping it and keeping everyone up to date, but it's finally out there. Now, I initially have installed the WordPress Classic Editor plugin on all my sites to make sure that you know, it's not too jarring an experience going to Gutenberg. I've got a lot of testing to do before I switch those things over as a default. Some sites, it's not going to be a big deal, uh, especially the kind of smaller ones, but depending on the plugins you use, it, it could be more jarring. Uh, I use the Site Origin Page Builder on most of my sites, so I did find out, thankfully, that 
that still stayed as the default and it didn't immediately switch over and break all my layouts, which I very much appreciate. So in that case, yay. Uh, it, I did play around with it a bit. It's very much a block editor kind of layout engine, which is fine. You know, it works okay. And it's a big step for WordPress, but it's not earth shattering in terms of these types of uh, editors or that kind of thing. So good for them for kind of moving on, but there is still a ton of controversy out there about this. Uh, a lot of it I was reading was it just really wasn't ready for prime time, especially with this big a change. It'll most it'll work for most people, but there are a bunch of accessibility issues with it. Um, some bugs that they just decide to wait till after. So I'm I'm kind of of the mindset since there isn't a huge need to actually um, update all my sites to 5.0 right away due to like a security issue. I might wait to 5.0.1 to kind of get those extra bit of time to kind of sort out those issues and it should come pretty quick after. I'm not advising one way or the other. Uh, I did upgrade a few sites and they work fine, so your mileage may vary. A couple links and resources uh, that are out there that I thought were interesting. Uh, two sites I have linked, uh, which are CSS Text Shadows, and this is really a, a, a CodePens uh, bunch of uh, CodePens solutions that are how you can do pretty cool text shadows and that kind of thing. Uh, correspondingly, there's another one that's CSS Flowcharts and a bunch of ways to do flowcharts in CSS that are also pretty cool. Uh, there is an article on G-Hacks, uh, which was about a new, well, not a new company, but a new solution from a company called Tresserat, or I think I'm saying that right, but or Tresserit, not entirely sure, but basically they're offering a uh, file-sending solution. So it's a free file sharing with end-to-end -end encryption, Five gigs a share, deletes after 14 days. There's a couple other restrictions on it, but it, it could be an alternative to WeTransfer, which I also very much like and support, but if you're looking for those kind of solutions, yet another one to check out. And finally, a pretty cool article about accessible SVG icons and inline sprites. Uh, if you have the need to have SVG icons but want to make it as accessible as humanly possible, this was a pretty in-depth article on how to do that with some good techniques in it. So definitely check it out and see what you can what you can do. And finally, I want to talk about browsers a bit. And this was really prompted by the news about Microsoft and them switching from their Edge rendering engine over to Chromium. But a bit about the current landscape right now. You know, we the, the big ones are Chrome, Firefox and Edge, you know, each having different a bit of market share, Chrome leading that. And Firefox is really trying to position itself as kind of the buffer against all that. If you want browser choice, you don't want to be locked into all the decisions that Google makes, check out Firefox. Edge was also another place to kind of innovate and try to, you know, buffer against Google as well. But now having Edge kind of thrown in the towel a bit and say, hey, we're going to move over to Chromium, there's concern that there really isn't much competition in this space anymore. And this really does sound a lot like what happened way back when, when uh, Microsoft actually 
took over with Internet Explorer. You know, way back when there was, you know, Netscape Navigator, and the same type of issue was there where there was choice and it was innovating, but IE just kind of blew everyone out of the water. And then all of a sudden we had stagnated uh, development for the next, you know, 10 years. And so it took a long time to kind of get to the point where, oh, we need to move the uh, landscape forward and really try to innovate and make sure that everyone is heard and supported. So obviously the concern is with this consolidation, what's going to happen towards that end? What might we lose from the, the various browsers coming together in such a way? And Firefox has already stated this as much in a blog entry or so and saying that they don't see this as a good thing. They really like having a choice. You know, obviously it's in Firefox's best interest to say, hey, we're not the only, you know, Chromium's not the only one out there and there's other options. And I am a big fan of the Firefox browser. I'm also a big fan of the Chrome browser. So, you know, Edge was a good rendering engine. I don't believe it was a good browser in my opinion, but the rendering engine was okay. Uh, but the problem really is with this consolidation, where does it go from here? Do we lose out on a bunch of competition? Should we have this? You know, part of the problem is that as a developer, if I only had to support one browser, that would make my life a lot easier because no matter how much you, how close all the browsers get to the spec, they all have their own little unique bugs and issues and problems. And for me, that's a big problem. It's a, a big pain. And just being able to support one primarily, sure, makes my life infinitely easier. But on the consumer end, I also see the problem here, which is you lose that you lose that competition, which can really drive each other to innovate, to do better. And honestly, if Google wanted, they could probably kind of kill the you know Firefox in terms of you know share just by making various antitrust moves. Now the hope is that they would never do that, but of course, you know that can never be guaranteed. So having Edge as yet another buffer against it was a good thing. So it remains to be seen where we go from here. What's going to be good or bad in the long run? You know, one would like to think that Google has altruistic intentions, but really it's to support their ad service. How can they, you know, sell more? How can they be more, be more involved in your life? Firefox is kind of taking the high and mighty approach. Um, they've had their own stumbles for sure, and they have their own reasons for doing what they do so you can't there isn't one that's like oh man that's the best choice but at the same time having everyone kind of balance each other did help so that's why i see as the downsides is really as the competition kind of slowly falls apart and you know you have this consolidation happen you lose the ability for each area to check and what we might find in five years from now that this wasn't great in terms of what innovation happened, what one area made a decision and that could affect the wider web because really they're the one that everyone's using. So it remains to be seen where it goes, but I do worry that this could ultimately not be the greatest thing. And with that, I want to say follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening and Please join us next week.